You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith, learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, I will be among you. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning, Resurrection. And good morning to those of you who are our guests this morning. Is this your first time to Resurrection? My name is Perry Kuhn, Father Perry, and Sean is, uh, Father Sean is uh, the rector here. And we're grateful that you have come to be in the presence of Almighty God with us, that we might worship with you and that you might worship with us and we might proclaim the praises of Almighty God together. Amen? Amen. 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 Today's lesson is coming out of Matthew chapter 28 the wonderful, fun, enjoyable words that Father Sean read to us. Um, Whatever you bound in heaven will be bound, or whatever you bound on earth will be bound in heaven, you know, and then bringing the church together around people when things aren't going well, and yeah, tough passage today. But what I want to share with you is this fits in the context of what Father Sean has brought to us in the last couple of weeks, and that is following Jesus. Following Jesus at times... It's hard. And what I would um, want us to understand is some of the things that lead up to this passage are when Jesus confesses that Peter, or, that, or when Peter confesses that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah. Jesus says to him, blessed are you, Peter. That didn't come to you on your own. God worked in your heart for you to understand that. On that rock of your confession, the church will be built. Not on his great intellect, not on his great faith, but on his confession of who Jesus is. And secondly, I mean, just a few verses later, Peter then says, oh, Lord, that is not going to happen to you. I am not going to allow someone to hurt you, for you to suffer, and for you to be tortured like you're saying, not going to happen. And what does Jesus say to Peter? Get behind me, Satan, adversary. And then what I believe are pitiful, Pivotal words for Matthew for us to understand what's happening in this gospel. When he says, you do not have in mind the things of God. And that's where things shift for us. And I think where Peter is going, or uh, where Matthew is going with this gospel, is how do we get the things of God in our mind? Peter had him for a second when he confessed Jesus as Messiah. But then, uh, unbeknownst to Peter, he began, begins allowing the adversary, or the adversary then begins to have a little foothold. Peter is a rock at one point, and now he's considered or looked upon by Jesus, or just what, he's, what his intent, not his intentions are, but what he said and what would happen to the will of God through Jesus becomes a stumbling block. From a stone, a rock, to a stumbling block, all within a few verses. But the critical words of having the things of God in mind, not of man. And then we have the Mount of Transfiguration and um, Jesus interacting with his disciples at that point. And then we get to chapter 18, where the chapter begins with Jesus being asked, who's the greatest? Who's the greatest? Now, Jesus has already said, I'm going to be tortured. I'm going to be gone. Bad things are about to happen to me, and we're headed to Jerusalem. And Maybe the disciples are thinking, well, there's going to be a leadership vacuum. There's going to be a void in leadership. So who's the greatest? I mean, it makes sense to me. And then Jesus does some really wonderful things about helping us to understand 
who are the greatest in the kingdom. And so what he does in answering the question is he brings a child to him, brings a child to him, and then looks at the disciples and says, unless you become like one of these, there is no place for you in the kingdom. But that's not where he stops. That child stays there. That child's not an illustration. That child is reality. We like to look at this as just nice little sentiments about how we are to become as Christians. Become like a little child. And that's true. But it's just not some illustration. It's not nice sentiments. Jesus goes on to say, receive children like this. Don't hurt children like this. And so it's not about the child. It's about us as followers of Jesus. This is the introduction into the passage, if your brother sins against you. And so let's talk about those three things. Jesus brings this child out and begins to teach the kingdom from this child's perspective. And so what do we do with children? Or or what do we know about children? They become humble. They are humble. They're naturally humble. And they're so dependent. The Lord Jesus Christ as an infant is dependent on who? His mother Mary. To raise him, to love him, to nurture him. And then receiving children. You know, sometimes it's not always easy to receive kids. As most of you know, I'm a fifth grade school teacher in Del Valley on the east side of town. And I've been there for five years, and those kids have taught me more than I can ever tell you in a day. Unbelievable lessons I have learned as an adult from receiving children. Unbelievable. And sometimes those kids come to me, and I have no idea what the night before was like for them. None. I just got my lesson I get done. I planned for Look, don't waste my time, guys. But I have no idea when that kid walks into my door between 7 and 7.30, what in the world happened in their life. Sometimes I don't want to know. But that is the child God has called me to receive. And so I have to have a heart. God's got to mold in me a heart to take these sometimes very challenging students and love them and teach them. Receiving children is what Jesus says we are to do. And the third thing he says is, don't abuse them. Don't hurt them. Don't do anything. If you do something like that to children, Jesus says in Matthew 18, it's worse than being drowned. Those are serious consequences. And so what are we to do with children? We're to love them. We're to care for them. Some of the respect that I have, some of the people that I have the most respect for in our culture today are foster parents. They are in some very challenging situations at times. But what are they doing? They are receiving and caring for some of the most vulnerable. So what kind of person does it take to do that? I have in my room on the board the um, illusion of success, iceberg. And the iceberg is there, and it has the illusion of success, and the iceberg is... uh, showing you the whole iceberg. So about a third of it is above the water and two thirds of it is below the water. And uh, the caption above the water is, this is what people see. Below the water is, this is what people don't see. And what's below the water are words like failure, disappointment, persistence, hard work, good habits, dedication. Those are the words that are under the water that people don't see. So the illusion of success is, wow, that guy looks successful, it must have been easy. 
If it's not easy, then I shouldn't be doing it. Well, good luck following Jesus on the easy track. Because it's not easy. And I think when we look at this passage of becoming like children with just sort of a sentimental bent, we neglect seeing the hard things of the kingdom. The hard things that Jesus teaches us as followers of him. And I believe this passage is one of those. So Jesus teaches us in this passage from Matthew 18, 15 and on is that we need to be people that have forgiveness deep in our hearts. And the motivation for the forgiveness is that you have been forgiven. And here's the dynamic that goes with that, my friends. If you are selective in your forgiveness, then you'll think Jesus is selective in his. And you have just put Jesus in a place and you projected onto him untruth. That is not the truth. Jesus always loves, always forgives, and never, ever is without. Ever. Period. He is love. He is the personification, the grace of Almighty God in forgiveness. But if we look at ourselves and we're limited because of our own sin, we know ourselves very well, then ultimately you're going to project that onto Jesus and you're going to feel unworthy. And you're going to feel uh, weighed down and burdened because of what you perceive as a lack of forgiveness on God's part. See, I don't know you as well as you know yourself. I don't know you as well as Jesus knows you. But one of the things I know about my Lord is that you are forgiven by him. Period. The hard part for us is accepting it. But here's the hardness of the kingdom, my friends. Jesus says, you must do the same. You must do the same. Uh, I have a, a lot of experience in the counseling arena, and I've heard stories galore. And I do not want to um, just kind of gloss over how hard it is to forgive in certain situations. I know how hard it is to forgive. Some are easy. Some are far more challenging. I, I get that. But one of the things that we need to be doing in the midst of this is take on time as a friend. Become a friend with time. Not think that everything has to be done immediately. Sometimes the hurt and pain that we felt from others, it takes time to heal from that. We need to give God time to heal us and strengthen us. We don't just need to be moving through. And we just don't need to give some little, uh, uh, just a little passing time to it. Dig in deep with forgiveness. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Today is a healing Sunday. And it's um, maybe coincidental. Probably not. Because I believe this aspect in our lives is so critical in becoming a devout follower of Jesus. I believe this is so critical for our friends who aren't in church and who don't know God, the healing power of Almighty God and how he's forgiven us. And then how we take that out into the world and give it to others. We must know who we are. And so as Jesus introduces this passage with a child, be like a child, receive people like a child, and treat them well, care for them as you would a child. That's the challenge for us. And then giving that forgiveness. So Jesus says, if somebody uh, has ought against you or somebody has sinned against you, you go to him or her and you bring it to their attention. If that doesn't work, then go get somebody else so that you have uh, the community around you or others around you to help you with that. If that doesn't work, bring it before the church. 
Here's the hardness of the kingdom, guys. That's excommunication. That's what it is. And it's out of love. And, and here is where it's like, that doesn't fit my image of Jesus. Jesus is loving and kind and, and, and he's all forgiving. So, but he also says that in order for someone to understand the kingdom and to care for children and receive children, they must be willing to repent and understand sin and be forgiven. That's hard. I know. And so what Jesus is saying is, when you go with uh, love in your heart, you are helping a brother or sister deal with the stumbling block, sin. If sin were something real easy to manage, guys, it wouldn't have taken a cross to deal with it. If sin were really easy and just some psychological thing that we could figure out, do a little therapy or something, it's all done, it wouldn't have taken a cross to take care of my sin, not manage it, to take it as far as the east is from the west. And if you understand the world and how that works, they never touch. As far as the east is from the west, my sin is on Jesus. And so this sin and against one another is the place where the community works, the community of faith. So Jesus says that we are to follow him and we are to be like him. And in this area of forgiveness and dealing with our own sin, I, I, it's just where the kingdom of God is so alive in our lives and so real for us. And then we create this community out of this. This community comes out of this forgiveness and it's called the church. And we live in this community day in and day out. But it's easy to go, man, that person hurt me, I'm gone. Jesus says, no, no, no. Work on it. Stay in it. Deal with the sin. Deal with your brother. Deal with your sister. Let's move in the direction of seeing reality at work, and that is the forgiveness of sin in our midst. What kind of community would we have if that reality were living out, were being displayed in our lives every day throughout the world? Well, guys, you may think, well, Perry, that's, Father Perry, that's utopia. That's the words of Jesus, my friends, and that's the hardness of the kingdom. We can't accept the reality of the world. We must accept the reality of heaven, and that is the forgiveness of sins. And we lead from that perspective. We follow from that perspective, not our own experiences. Amen? The reality of heaven is the forgiveness of sins. The reality of heaven is that I am going to forgive as I have been forgiven. And it's tough. So we have table groups here at Resurrection. Today is the day where we're kind of uh, relaunching or emphasizing the table groups again at the, uh, of, uh, in the life uh, of Resurrection. Um, I'm of the conviction that Jesus teaches us that's where life takes place is in community. Um, I've heard a couple of people, I, I heard this person say one time and I'm like, ah, you know, that makes a lot of sense. There's two things you cannot do as a Christian, cannot do as a Christian, or cannot do alone, sorry. You cannot do alone. You cannot be a Christian alone. How many are people in our world just say, oh, yes, you can. I don't believe you can. Secondly is you can't be married alone. <laughs> Not going to happen. There's two, that you can't do so community. But then also, those of us who've been in church for a long time, I've been at this for 30 years. Um, the community's tough, isn't it, at times? I mean, things happen among people. 
And so what Jesus is teaching us here is the way forward. Life in the kingdom. When I was a Christian for about six months in Mississippi, um, I was clueless at what it was to be a follower of Jesus. Clueless. And so my wife worked at a car stereo store for about seven years, and uh, she worked for a guy named Floyd. Well, just how the Lord works, Floyd was very instrumental in reigniting the gospel in Wendy's heart. Wendy grew up a Christian, went to church, but once she met this pagan, heathen guy, she stopped doing all those things. And then when life got stressful in our marriage after about six years, five years, she began pursuing what she knew was right, and that is God. And so the gospel was reignited in her life again, and guess who was influential in doing that? Floyd, her boss. Well, Wendy worked for him, so Wendy would come home and complain about how Floyd was. He would do this, and he would do that. Well, I, I mean, she's my wife, so, I'm, so I began gossiping and began slandering Floyd to my family. I'm one of six kids and all the friends that I have down there. Everybody knew Floyd. He was a businessman and all this good stuff. Well, guess who was influential in being, bringing me to know Jesus? Floyd. It's terrible. So (laughs) Floyd invites me to go hunting with him. He had this really nice truck, and so he invites me to go deer hunting with him. And I'm like, I'd love to hunt. So, you know, I load up with him. And this this thing began happening in my heart of, I got to deal with this. Jesus has taught me. I've read in scripture. I heard Pastor Stan's sermon about forgiveness, just like I'm giving to you. And I'm like, I got to do something with this. And so sitting in the front seat of that truck, guess what I did with Floyd? I asked for his forgiveness. And I said, dude, I have assassinated your character for years. I have talked bad about you to my family and I have not said nice things about you and I need your forgiveness. I was shaking and I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea the spiritual power of that. I just knew Jesus said, do it. Here I am a new Christian. I'm like, naive, let's go. It was a place in my life, in my Christian walk, where I radically saw the power of Jesus work. Because here's what Floyd did. Floyd went, you jerk. Why are you talking about me in front of your brothers and all the people of Van They're not going to come to my business anymore. They're not going to buy car stereos. Why'd you do that? That's not what he did. He reached over the seat and he put his hand on top of mine and he prayed for me. And he said, God, give me the ability to communicate to Perry. He is forgiven by me. I mean, it changed me in a big way. As a six-month-old Christian, we are no more like what Jesus has called us to be, my friends, when we are forgiving as we have been forgiven. I believe there are two unforgivable sins, and this is the hardness of the kingdom I'm about to share with you. One is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. The other is the willingness not to forgive. Because Jesus says to us, you forgive as you have been forgiven. If you do not forgive, you will not be forgiven. That's hard. And so my challenge to you as we gather in table groups and as we do community together, is how do we get to that place? How do we evolve into that place? How do we become a friend of time as we deal with very challenging things in our lives? Let's not gloss it over. Let's not say, well, Jesus didn't mean that. That's what he meant. But the good news is, you are always forgiven. You are always forgiven in Jesus. When we come to him with our sin and with our struggle, 
you are always forgiven. Paul says in Romans that Stephen read to us at the very end of that passage is put on Christ. And so when we put on these garments, uh, Sean and I don't become supermen. We don't. We're just reflecting to you the reality of Jesus. The reality of Jesus. Not the reality of man who's under these things. Clothe yourselves with Jesus and experience the forgiveness of Almighty God. So I invite you as we pray for our table groups today as they begin, uh, they're, they're starting at various times. Uh, go to the website. Uh, it's probably the best place to find the information you're looking for for a table group and see where they are. They're spread out throughout uh, South Austin. Um, and let's start doing life together in the goodness of God. Let's start practicing our faith in a way that changes us and blesses the world, blesses others. Amen. You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith, learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com.